Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from the Smut Studio in Venice Beach, California with my co-host, Joey. No chill, Prano. Happy Monday morning, Andrew T. Ruther. How you doing, bud? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I need to sleep better, but besides that, I'm good. You you have been having trouble sleeping ever since you returned from Cincinnati, Ohio. No, ever since... Okay, I want to just clarify because people were like, it's not even that hot in Venice. I get it that it's like high 70s, low 80s, but we don't get normal. The The humidity is what we've been getting. And without air conditioning, it sucks. Yeah. I mean, it's been it's been hotter than normal here. Also, you know, it's all about perspective. You know, when you're when you're in Arizona and it's 110, you're like... This is hot. And when it's 100, you're like, this is, you know, reasonable. When you're in Venice and it's usually, you know, low 60s at night, you get a nice, you have your window open, you get a nice breeze, your brain is conditioned for that. So I I haven't been struggling with heat. To, to say struggling with the heat is a little offensive, but, you know, it's not comfortable. Well, if I'm not sleeping right, I'm struggling. Yeah. I... I like wake up three times a night. I'm talking sweating sometimes. I mean, don't you just put the fan on you? Yeah, it doesn't matter. And I'm buck naked, lying on top of the sheets. Yeah, I got I got nothing for you. I don't, I don't know how you're not cool. I don't know, man. It, I'll, I'll make it work. So the struggle is real for Andy Ruther. I mean, it's it's not like you said. It's not that big of a deal, but because I do naps. Yeah, but it'd be nice to get a good. Solid seven, eight hours straight. You're used to Walt's uh, air conditioning, basically. Yeah, even though he doesn't crank it up, I'm used to a cool basement bedroom. Oh, were were you sleeping in the basement when you were in uh, Cincinnati? I wasn't for the first two months. Then I moved into the basement. For the last, how long were you there total? You were there for the last like, last couple weeks you were in the basement? Yeah. Yeah, it seems crazy not to have been in the basement the whole time. Because you're living with your father, essentially, for months on end. At least your basement, you get a little separation. Yeah. Well, he doesn't bother me when regarding that stuff. Why, so why the move to the basement, then? Just because it was cooler. Got it. He keeps the thermostat at 76, which is the... Why even have a thermostat? Which is the joke of the family. Yeah. It's like, I keep it at 76, so it never kicks on. Yeah. He's he's very. Uh, if you had control of Walt's uh, thermostat, what do you set it at? Probably seventy-two. Okay. I mean, it's not cheap. Air conditioning is not cheap. I'm always just like, if you don't set it at sixty-nine. Sixty-nine. Do, do you even really care about comedy or your temperature? <laughs> I think I've said this. I, I set my thermostat in the car at home, whatever, sixty-nine, and every time I go, nice, sixty-nine. Nice. I think I've said this before. When I lived in Las Vegas, my roommate who owned the condo I lived at had some wild rule. No AC until May. 
And we lived in the desert. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. And he would always have it. He would always walk around shirtless. And my friends would come over and they go, dude, what is up with your roommate? And he wasn't in shape either. Like he was kind of a fat guy. Yeah. And can you say that? Or did I just get canceled? Canceled. Uh, he was a portly fellow. He was a portly fellow. Nice guy, by the he way. He preferred extra poundage. Yes. Yeah. It's a choice. Yeah. You know? So he would always walk around shirtless. And what I would do is I wouldn't mess with the thermostat. He owned the place. But when I would get lit, which was a lot, I'd come home and be like, this sucks. And just crank the AC and go to bed. And he would never say anything. It was one of those weird, you live with a roommate where no one's saying anything to the other. Yeah. Not once was he like, dude. So every 20s roommate relationship? Yeah. Yeah. My rule in New York when it was uh, hot, like air conditioning, when people can't sleep and when it's affecting I would always be like cool do what you want in the winter though I'd be like guys we don't need heat like all the time like just put a hoodie on yeah you know so we were I, I was like big on not too much heat also like just like I hate the heat is on it makes everything dry yeah just keep just keep your hoodie on wear a hat inside who cares sure but in the summer you know air conditioning especially in New York City pretty necessary yeah did you see I, I saw a headline I guess Seinfeld wrote a like op-ed in the New York Times. I did. I did read that. Um, I don't really have a lot of opinions. Uh, I know. I haven't been to New York, obviously. Well, I guess the basis was New York will bounce back. Yeah, somebody had written New York is dead. Okay. Um, and then Seinfeld wrote that New York will never die, which, like, theoretically, uh, you, you know, I agree with Seinfeld, but I'm also like... Who is Seinfeld to be writing this? Seinfeld writing this from his uh, mansion in the Hamptons where the walls are Porsches is a little <laughs> aggressive. Like, So what, what Seinfeld did is he bought so many uh, fancy cars. He didn't have a garage for him, so he built a house in the Hamptons out of cars. Yeah. So the walls are cars. So when you think about turning on the air conditioner at Wall's house, he just turns on air conditioning of cars that are the walls. Yeah. So, you know, for Seinfeld to write this from a house of $100,000 cars seems a little bit uh, ridiculous. But at the same time, I mean, New York, New York will be fine. Sure. That's, that's for sure. Well, I did think it was interesting. His net worth, I think, is I think I saw is $950 million or something. Yeah. I don't know if that's accurate, but near a billion dollars. And yet he's talking about. Yeah, he's like New York will be back. <laughs> maybe, maybe like I don't know, a school teacher. Yeah, or, or somebody who has to. And I think the fend I, for themselves. I think the person that had written the original one, I didn't click on it. He said some like putts on LinkedIn or something like that. I didn't click on it, but the internet seems to be saying that it's like one of the owners of Stand Up New York or something like that. And I'm just like, okay. Oh, wrote the original. Yeah. So. What was the original piece that like New York is dead now or that it's dying? I, did, I didn't read the New York. I didn't read the original one, but I guess it's that New York is done. Was the is the the gist I got? I just saw this trending this morning, Andy. I didn't have a lot of time to research it. Uh, can we do? Can we re do the Seinfeld chat for next episode? Yeah, we can talk some NBA because I know we both. That I mean, I can't believe it's gone this long, Luca. Luca versus everybody. Trademark. Can we make Luca versus everybody shirts? Can we bring back the Dirty Sports merch game? 
We can. Slide into our DMs. No, don't slide in our DMs. Publicly post on Twitter if you will buy a Luca versus everybody shirt or hoodie. Yeah. Luca versus everybody, dog. Perzingis, my boy, my son, out again. Knee soreness. Because everything we know about Kristaps Perzingis, when he has knee soreness, two things is possible. Either he's feeling very, very slight knee soreness and he's worried. He wants better safe than sorry. Or he's already done for this year and next year and he just hasn't. Enough. This is how every Kristaps Perzingis injury happens. He goes like, out today, knee soreness. Probable for game four. Prior to game four. Will not return till 2023. So anything is possible with Kristaps Porzingis' knee. But he doesn't play. Clippers, Mavs, it's the Luka show. Is there any other? I mean, we can talk about the other storylines, but let's start with the first one. The fucking Luka show. Well, at this point, he's 21 years old. He's in his second year. Yeah. His ceiling is pretty scary right now if you're anybody else in the NBA. Now, if you're a Mavs fan, it's amazing. Yeah. The, the thing about Luka's ceiling, and I said this before, and, I, and I, I stand by this, so there's so much to unpack here, but nobody has ever been as skilled as Luka, as young, and as soon into the league. Guys who come into the league out of high school, guys who come into the league after one year, no one, the LeBron, even LeBron James, no one's had the skill set that he has. A lot of times, the greatest of greats, the Kobe's, the LeBron's, like the guys who came in young, uh, the Tracy McGrady's, Kevin Garnett's, the guys who came in high school or one year of college, they have a they have a skill set and they have freak twenty one year old athleticism, and then that shifts. You know the 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 weight shifts. You you lose a as you lose a little bit of the athleticism, you pick up a skill. And at some point, like for example, LeBron on the Heat, they're both pretty balanced. LeBron's skill set was raised. His athleticism was still very high. And nobody in the history of basketball was ever as great at the game of basketball as LeBron James during the Heat run. Luca has a skill set that is way beyond his years. The thing is, I don't know that Luca, like, he's already old man game. I feel like Luca is playing LeBron on return to the Cavs basketball. Like, he's never going to hammer dunk on people. He's never going to be, like, catching lobs. He's never going to be, like, breaking away from guys on, you know, fast break dribbling like like Giannis does this thing where two steps he goes from the three-point line to the basket Luca's already at like mid-30s LeBron like the athleticism is waning but the skill level has never been higher and that is like mind-blowing well if you watch a Mavs game from start to finish what is so impressive is that he makes it look almost like a clinic. Like, it's it's so easy, but then you also say, man, like, this is NBA playoffs. It shouldn't be as easy as he makes it. It looks easy because it's all skill set. It's all, like, he, one step here. And he knows one angles. Step, yeah, body control, shielding himself, 
all of that stuff is all skill. Yeah. He's not doing these free – he's not, like, just jumping over guys, running – like, he's not even going by guys. No. He's, like, going next to them. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good – that's a good assessment. He and, and I said this about Luca early too. Is like, in a way, I think he, when when we talk about his ceiling, yeah, I don't think he's that far from his ceiling. But I think he's going to stay there for longer than anybody. Yeah, like I think a lot of guys peak and then whatever. Like LeBron is really the 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 benchmark for this, right? LeBron was very skilled, very young. And LeBron continues to be very athletic very late. Um, so his ceiling, he was above that like that peak for a very long time. He's probably on the other side of that peak now due to like a little bit of a loss of athleticism, especially defensively. But Luca is pretty close to his peak, I feel like. Yeah. But he's twenty one. He could potentially he could potentially peak for, you know, twelve seasons. Which is unheard of for anybody besides LeBron James. He he has the I saw what did I see the stat. Him and Magic Johnson are the only people to have a couple triple doubles that young in their playoff career. Like like he's he's already hitting so many benchmarks in in two years. He's like the he's like the youngest person with a 40 point triple double in playoffs or something like that since LeBron or and and they're the only two people to do it or something like that before 22. What I, what I liked about yesterday's game so much was that they're down 21 points in the second quarter. They're without one of their stars and they still like they play team the Dallas Mavericks play team basketball. They get so many contributions from so many players from Curry has been great. Burke has been great. Boban has filled in great. You know, they they Hardaway. I mean, I can just keep going on and on. every single person that they received in the trade for Chris that they got they got Chris Porzingis, Hardaway, Trey Burke, all the guys that they received for nothing from for the Dennis N- Smith Jr. Yeah, but they just they just play. They're, they're, they remind me kind of like the Blazers of they play cohesive, fun team basketball. Well, what they remind also you having of, a star. what they remind you of is the, the championship t- Mavs team, 2011. Because Carlisle has built everything. They have a star. The star does all of the heavy lifting, but everybody else knows their role around him because that star isn't the kind of person that demands to have the ball and demands to you know pound the basketball the whole time like Luca is passing Luca is doing Luca's rebounding man this guy's getting 40 something points and grabbing 17 rebounds I don't think people realize how big a guy he is yeah and he's their point guard yeah he's straight up their point guard like he's a big guy yeah he's so fucking good yeah he like you could make the argument he's the best player in basketball right now. I think you could. I agree. Like to me and and everybody's like, you know, Joe the LeBron slurper, but like 
you're, you still have to look at a guy like LeBron in terms of best all-around basketball player, guy who does the most for his team, facilitates the offense, scores, rebounds, assists, plays defense. Like, who, like, who are we putting up there? I mean, obviously Giannis is great, but Gian- Giannis doesn't have that skill set, that all-around that, skill that, set. That's a, that's a perfect example of a guy who's, who's athletic ability. Athletic ability is freakish, and his athletic ability was freakish when he came into the league. Now as he starts putting the skills together, he is an MVP. He's probably the two-time MVP after this season. But the but the the window on that peak is can he as his athleticism falls can he keep his can he keep his skill set rising? Yeah, I mean look at a guy like Dwight Howard. You know he's a great example of a guy who was all athleticism, no skill. The guy didn't take an NBA jump shot till like two years ago. Yeah, like Luca, his athleticism is. I mean, he, does he do anything that you can't see him doing in 15 seasons athletically? Well, look, I don't, I don't know if I want to project that far because I don't know with injuries. With my, my point is, athletically, let's say he doesn't get hurt. Let's say whatever. Athletically, is he doing anything today that you'd say, well, he won't be doing that in 10 years because his body will, you know, he won't be able to jump as high. He won't be able to. Fa- He's not doing anything today. That he won't be able to physically do with age. With injury is a different thing, but with age, even with injury, like look at yesterday. He has an injured ankle. Like, did it affect his explosiveness? Sure. When does he need his explosiveness? Yeah. It's all skill. Well, and again, to put it in perspective, it's just his second year, and he's doing things in a playoff game that guys are doing it by their fifth, sixth year in the league. Also, that the majority of the NBA, 99.99999% of guys, never do in a playoff game ever. We're talking about five. How many players in history have 40-point triple-doubles in playoff games? You think there's 15 of them ever? I I don't know. 15 different guys, you think, ever? No way. Not even close. No. So he's already he's already like doing all time great shit. Yeah. He's he's at twenty one tracking to be an all time great. Yeah, I agree. And I think this will be a seven game series. Which is crazy because Kawhi Leonard is a lockdown. He's the best on ball wing defender that has ever lived. And he's clutch and he's where the fuck is Kawhi? Well, Kawhi wasn't guarding him a lot of yesterday's game. Uh, which is interesting to me because I have been told, mostly by Sam Tripoli, if you, are the, if you are great, you always take the other team's best player. That's what I've been told. I believe it was the third quarter, he looked over at Doc and pointed to Luka and was like, I got him now, man. Like This guy, we can't stop him. I gotta guard him. I'm the lockdown guy. I'm the claw. Put my put me on him. But but he just man. Paul George, also a great defender. That's supposed to be this is the wing defending team. 
Now, like, also, let's talk about, since you brought it up, we're the only people doing it. I'm the only person doing it. I'm, I'm a man on an island of Doc Rivers is overrated as fuck. How long does Doc Rivers get to coach the Clippers abysmally? Oh, well, Kawhi was on him on the final possession, but then they picked for him and he had to switch off. Are you telling me Doc Rivers didn't think they were going to free Luka to get the ball with a pick on the last play? Yeah. So he's going, well, I put Kawhi on him, but then they did a pick, so then he couldn't guard him. How about, like, you have to have a strategy to get one of the two wing defenders that you have built this team around back on him with the ball. Like, you, the chess match can't be, well, I didn't know you were going to take my queen. <laughs> like, that, that's fucking, Doc Rivers is the single most overrated in-game strategy coach I've ever seen. If the if let me ask you something, if the Clippers lose this series, should Doc be fired in your opinion? Yes. I mean to me it's the majority of people will say absolutely not. But let's not forget the Clippers Rick Carlisle coaching circles Around Doc Rivers. The Clippers were... Fire Marshal Bill is coaching circles around Doc Rivers. Basically the favorite, or the second favorite... To I'm gonna, I'll get him off a pick. <laughs> to win it all. I mean, I mean, they, they were the favorites. Like, now they're in a dogfight, which obviously we thought might happen. It looks like it's probably going to go seven games. He, Doc is not definitely not getting the most out of his team. Because even with injuries, they're still they're even deep. with injuries, they're, they're so much deeper than this Mavs team. So much Porzingis deeper. Porzingis was hurt yesterday. I mean that that the balance in certain depth see it, is and we see it with guys like Lou I mean Lou Williams went off yesterday. Yeah. And you see it with Carlisle. You're talking about team basketball. Look what Carlisle's getting from Seth Curry, from Trey Burke. Yeah. From Tim Hardaway Jr. What's up with Paul, Paul George, man? I, I, this, these are his last three games. Four of 17, three of 16, three of 14. I mean, I said on Twitter yesterday, what's up with Paul George? He's a deep state mole sent to ruin the Clippers by Adam Silver so that LeBron doesn't have to play the, the Clippers in the playoffs. Look into it, man. Look into it. COVID's not real. Joe Biden's a reptile. Paul Pierce is a deep state mole sent to ruin the Clippers. How much of your day are you thinking about Sam Tripoli? I, you know, every time I'm watching Clippers, the whole time I'm watching Clippers basketball. He doesn't even watch. Why, why do you, he's I not know, even watch. I know, I know. He wasn't even watching yesterday's game. But I just, it just, you know, it gives me so much joy that they were going to go 75, what was his prediction? 75 and 7. And sweep the playoffs. <laughs> now, is is playoff Paul a thing? Obviously, you see Twitter, but is this more of a thing beyond? Well, now it's pandemic Paul. I've right? seen that. Yeah. But beyond this year, has he had really bad playoffs? Well, the 
I mean, the nickname Playoff Paul was like because he was like great. In he the was playoffs, great right? for the Pacers against the Heat. Yeah. But, you know, you, you people love to shit on, you know, the LeBron James of the world for not getting the most out of their – like, Paul George with Kawhi Leonard in these playoffs has been like – it just seems like they don't have somebody who's running their offense. It just seems like Paul George comes down and tries to get his. Kawhi comes down. Kawhi is not doing on the Clippers side what Luka is doing on the Mavericks side by any means. He's not Kawhi gets the ball, crafty little move, gets himself a, you know, mid-range jump shot, like is good for it every time. But who's facilitating their offense? Well, they don't, they don't. You know, it's it's funny because last year he had that in Toronto with Lowry with Van Fleet. He had a guy running point. He, I mean, I gotta say at this point, like the script flipping from like Kawhi goes to the Raptors and and gets the Raptors their championship and then moves on to the Clippers and he's gonna get them their championship. Talk about a flipped script. How about the Raptors? getting Kawhi his non-Spurs championship, and now the Raptors are dominating without Kawhi. Like, was it Kawhi or was it the Raptors? Uh, it was both. I'm, I'm not going to take anything away from Kawhi. Because he was the finals MVP? And he played great throughout the playoffs. Sure. But the Raptors... Same. Look a lot better without Kawhi than Kawhi looks without the Raptors. Well, the, the Raptors just play great team basketball. They did last year, too, though. I mean, Nurse just won coach of the year. He's a good coach. I mean, I'm just saying, all the all the thank Kawhi letters for bringing Toronto their championship and then leaving them to wallow, I think Kawhi should send the Raptors a thank you for getting him his non-pop championship so that he has some sort of legacy because now he's with Doc Rivers. I, I don't look at it. I look, I look at it this way. I look at it. It's a team. Luka is the best player in this series, and it's not close. Well, it's also a team game, and I want to reinforce that. As great as Luka is, like I said, he's elevating the guys around him, and they're playing great too, where the Clippers... He's elevating Seth Curry. He's elevating... You but, know, but you know what the difference is? When I, okay, when Trey I, Burke. When I watch that Mavs game... Look at the, look at the guys. Marcus Morris... Lou Williams, Paul George. Like, when you talk about elevating, Kawhi has legit NBA players. And, yeah, Lou Williams had a great game yesterday. But, like, you're talking about Paul George, who's supposed to be a star. Lou Williams, who's the best off-the-bench player maybe in the history of basketball. He's got the most points off the bench ever. If Kawhi was elevating their games – the way Luka is elevating Seth Curry and Trey Burke, who are guys that were picked up off of a scrap heap, this isn't even a close series. I think it's a combination of Luka, like you said, Carlisle. They just they play as a unit, as a team. They play together. And they did, you, know, you know what's crazy? When I watch the Mavs versus, let's say, the Lakers, that's the difference. Like the Mavs, when they have good looks... They make their shots. Yeah. The Lakers just brick everything. Yeah. Like, the amount of... All day yesterday, when the Mavs had a good look, I thought, they're going to make it. Yeah. They're just 
playing with confidence. Yeah. All those mid-range Trey Burke shots that he was making down the stretch, like wildly, like he had one where he was falling down. Yeah. I thought it might go in. Yeah. Well, we're not going to talk Mavs all day, but we do have to talk Luka versus Montrez. The infamous... Uh, Pussy-ass white boy? Pussy-ass white boy. Is that what he, is that what he said? Isn't, it, isn't that what he said? No, I, I think... Is that what he said? Why am I already forgetting what, what he said? What's the clip that you had from, uh, from Ernie? Ernie. God, the Ernie clip is so funny. He said, That's Stephen A. yelling in the background. Bitch-ass white boy. This bitch-ass white boy. This bitch-ass white boy. This bitch-ass white boy. This bitch-ass white boy. Bitch-ass white boy. How bad does Montrez look right now? Uh, he looks really bad. But, like, what was he doing in the first place? Like, you got, like, did he come into the series not knowing Luca is, like, yeah, the best player in the in the series? You know, obviously there's a lot of opinions on this. Um, and I, I think that, you know, you know, my take is I, I think they're – is for sure there's for sure there's a double standard but I'm not there's double standards in life I'll just say that much mm-hmm. double standards do exist so him him calling him a bitch ass white boy versus if Luca had said something derogatory about him being black there would be a lot more blowback sure but there's also a history with one side against the other racially, which is obviously um, the point is that there's been a lot more racism on white to black is my point. Uh, it, 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 look, I'm not stressing about it is all I'm going to say. Like, I'm not freaking out. It was interesting watching the TNT crew like get into it. I, I didn't see them get into it. I saw the clip everybody's posting of Ernie. But here's what I'll say. Like, yes, there's a double standard, but like go back. A year ago, or go back two years ago, the idea that Montrez can say that, but Luca wouldn't be able to say the reverse, is is totally reasonable. No, you can't. Like calling somebody a pussy ass white boy or bitch ass white, whatever whatever it was, is totally reasonable, and going the other way is not reasonable. What I will say. And I agree with sort of Jason Williams on. And then did you see Doug Gottlieb like yeah. like on meth with his reply? <laughs> like, I don't know what. Like I was thinking that. What has, was wrong with his has he, eyes? Has he like, not slept? Is he, is he sleeping in the Jeff Van Gundy sleep chamber <laughs> under a uh, under a jet engine? I saw that. Doug, like Doug Gottlieb props to his makeup lady for whenever he's on TV. She recreates his eyelids. Yeah. Um. The one thing I'll agree with Jason Williams on is you're doing this. You're undermining what's going on. What, what, the NBA is doing this whole thing. It's doing the whole stuff. There are guys with equality on the back of their jersey. There's guys with all this stuff. Like For for you not to like 
consider that a little bit when you're making like when you're dissing somebody's race essentially. I mean, I Montrez, I don't, you know, I haven't talked to him. We'll have to get Chris Wilde's take. I know he hangs out with Montrez in the locker room a lot, but like I'm sure it's like a an instinctual thing, but also like put a little bit of filter on your instinct when when you're like in the middle of the equality bubble and you're making like a racial trash talk. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good point. And and I think it just undermines the whole thing. But this is this is where the NBA to me just looks exposed cuz they don't release a statement. Like that's what Ernie said. I don't said. think they they had to release it. What or release a statement saying what? What is, what what is their statement? Their whole stance is equality for everybody. And so they're supposed to say we took Montrez's nose and we rubbed it in his pissy spot? Like what 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 do you want them to say? What does that statement read like to you? Where you don't then criticize They are them? releasing a statement if it's the other way. But what is okay, but let's let's just go a couple years ago. What are they releasing that statement to? What do you want Adam Silver to say? Or or fine him. Okay. I'm good either way. I'm just saying, like, let's just let's just take it a few years Luka ago. Luca doesn't want him fined. Fine, but let's just take it a few years ago when Kobe Bryant on the court uses a slur against gay people. There's a statement. There's a fine. I'm saying they've set the precedent for themselves, and then they're look again. I'm not personally yeah, offended. White boy isn't a slur, right? Fair enough. Look, I'm not personally offended, just for the record. Yeah. I, like, I don't care. This isn't me saying, oh, I'm so offended. This is just me going back to your point of we are in, like you said, the equality bubble. But we're having a conversation about it. The guys on TNT are having a conversation about it. Jason Williams is making a great point about it. Montrez and Luca have a conversation sure. about it. I, I, Some of these things police themselves. And I have no problem with that. I think Charles Barkley, see, he was getting into it with Shaq. And Charles Barkley's point was this. All he said was, because Shaq was saying, people say stuff on the court. There's tons of trash talking. We all know that. And Barkley agreed. But Barkley's point to Shaq was, I never, ever brought race into it. You know, I might call you a bitch-ass hoe or fuck your mother. I Yeah, but, like, what's worse, that or, you know, Kevin Garnett bringing Melo's wife into it? And, like, people cross lines all the time. Yeah. And... Sometimes it sets off fights. And look, I am in agreement with Jason Williams, and I am in agreement with anybody who says how that that it is that it is um, you know hypocritical. Yeah. To do all, but Montrez isn't responsible for NBA equality bubble. But that's my point. I'm not even talking about Montrez. That's my point. I'm talking about the NBA But in I general. just don't know what the NBA... Like, it seems to have all sorted itself out. Everybody's having a conversation about it. Montrez you, you, seems you, to... You don't think that's that's showing, again, the hypocrisy of the NBA when they're just not saying a word about it? Because you, you and yourself are agreeing if it was the other way around, there's bigger ramifications. Well, first of all, if it's the other way around, it, like... What is the context of what is what is I don't even know what the other way we're going to get canceled just like insinuate. But like, what's the other way around equivalent? Black boy. Like, I can guarantee you 
every guy in the NBA is calling each other certain words. Sure. You know what I mean? So, like, what is the equivalent? Like, he – what was it? Bitch-ass? Pussy-ass? What, what's the – what's the – What's the pre words? What the, what are the act? What's the actual diss? Forget the white boy part. What is the? Well, Ernie was saying bitch ass white boy. Okay, bitch ass. I white also boy? saw pussy ass white okay, boy. Okay, so so now is this offensive to women more than it's offensive to white people? Like why are why is pussy, uh, where you're going? Why is bitch the way you're going? I, I guess my point is because they're calling each other bitch all the time, right? A hundred percent. I guess my so po- is this offensive to women? Uh, has Mike Milbury been fired for it? Like, I guess my point is when when you've now set up this precedent and put everything out there for social justice and equality and all this stuff, you got to be ready for the blowback when things like this happen when you remain silent. That's all I'm saying. And again, I don't care. Who's who's giving blowback? Like, where's the blowback? The people who are like the double standard, I thought they left a long time ago. I thought they hate education reform more senior and they're not watching basketball and they're and that's why the ratings are down and they're they're just tuning into Ben Shapiro and but, Clay Travis and they hold hate on, the hold NBA on, hold now. On. I'm, not, Joe, I'm not talking about but we're we're even having that discussion we're talking about Jason Williams, former NBA player. We're talking about Charles Barkley, the TNT crew. We're we're talking about, you know, people who are black themselves who played the game, who themselves are saying eh, this doesn't look good. It doesn't look good, but it's it's like I agree with all that, but it's it doesn't look good because the NBA has set itself up in this thing, and Montrez undermines that by doing that, and it that was exposed to Montrez. He said something in the moment that's been exposed to him by Jason Williams and Charles Barkley and whoever. And then he has to go to he has to walk up to Luca, who he's in a dogfight of a playoff series before. He has to shake his hand. He has to hug him. He has to say words to him. And that is because Jason Williams said something. That's because the TNT guys are talking about it. So he has to go and make amends to Luca. And now, good for him, by the way. Now we have to now what do we need to do? Now we need an NBA letterhead. To say to make who happy, but my my point is I don't need that. Andy, like Andy Ruth, so who me, does need that? Hold on, let me just finish. I don't need that because I believe Montrez was authentic. No one told him to do that. He apologized. Good for him. Do I think he's racist? No, not at all. He said something in the heat of the moment. All I'm saying is I'm putting out there that they have kind of sat up top on this. We're gonna preach to you soapbox. So now, when the script is flipped a little, but it's working, Andy. This is what you're. This is what people don't understand. Why does everything? Why does everybody have to? Why does all of these issues have to be? Uh, what aboutism? It's working. The NBA is doing the Black Lives Matter equality bubble, and now white and black guys, if they say racial shit to each other, have to hug at center court and kiss and make up. That's how problems in life should be solved. I recognize I did something wrong. I shall now go and sure. make amends. Like, we don't need cops to get fired and to get put in jail for murdering people. We need cops to realize murdering people is bad. I'm going to stop doing it. The the the, the guy who murdered George Floyd isn't going doesn't feel bad about it because he's in jail. 
Other people need to say, oh, look at what's happening. I need to make sure I don't do it. These guys solved it. And the whole conversation about equality and about the double standard is what made that happen at center court. In the past, in the NBA, he says that. No one cares. Everybody's beefs the whole series. And now, because of this thing has been set up, these guys sort it out. And he goes, man, I wasn't making a racial thing. The, the, like, I just call you a pussy ass white boy. And he's like, it's all good, dude. I didn't take it that way. I'm speaking fucking sure. Serbian or Slovakian or whatever the fuck he is. Slovenian. So Slovenian. The back of my shirt says, you know what I mean? Like, he's like, dude, just, you know, in, until you know how to say pussy or white boy in Slovenian, I'm going to barely understand that this is. I guess my, and you know, and you and I had, we've had text exchange off air about other things. I guess my whole thing is, I always say once you, tr- again, try to preach about things, you do set yourself up. That's It that's, worked. That's all I'm saying. It worked. They preach about equality, and now a white guy and a black guy are kissing at center court before a hard-fought playoff series because somebody uttered a racial phrase. It works. The problem is everybody wants to go, oh, you guys are fucking so, I'm so over the politics of it, and I'm so over your social justice message, and I'm so over whatever, and if you don't write a letter about what Montrez did, then I am, I'm definitely not watching. It's like, dude, I thought you weren't watching already. I thought you left. But I don't care. I I don't, to me, it doesn't matter about those people. I'm just, I'm trying to look at it from, again, an angle of. Stop playing devil's advocate for assholes. You don't need it. I don't need it. They sorted it out. What? Who are we? Who do we need this for? Who is being? Who needs this NBA letter that you're talking about? David Silver going. We have. We understand that Montrez called somebody a pussy ass white boy. It has been discussed in the locker room. Montrez is now going to racial sensitivity training. He will be. He will have his eyes pinned open, Clockwork Orange style. And who will be forced to watch all 11 seasons of Seinfeld, the entire run of Friends, and he will be forced to write a thesis paper on Sex in the City. Like, who needs this? Look, if it was up to me, I, I wouldn't, I, I don't even care at the end of the day. I was shocked. Did you have the volume on during the game? Yeah. I was shocked that they went into detail into the game, all three announcers, the TNT crew, like, I didn't think it was going to get this much press, but it did. And that's why those guys had to have that conversation. And here we are. And and the and the quality thing, it all policed itself. And here we are. It works. I don't understand what you mean when you say it works. It works in the like in what the, works in the past. Guys just throw racial shit at each other. No one says anything. Racism in America, you know, still sits under everything, especially the you're, NBA. You're saying like the needle is moving in, yeah. the, in the right direction. Yeah, we're, we're, in the, we're in the equality bubble. And because we're in the quality, we're in the equality bubble, this gets said. It becomes a story. Because it becomes a story, these guys have to talk about it. Do you know what I heard? And literally have an olive branch at center court before a playoff game. And that's it. Well, what I heard, I actually heard something different. I heard when Montrez, they should, what they should do is they should, Montrez and Luca should go find an open pub near Epcot and share a Miller Lite. 
That's what that's what would save America. Well, well, I agree. But what I was gonna say is, I heard Montrez actually walked over to Luca because he knew he had a bum ankle and said, "Hey, man, I wanna extend an olive branch to you. I wanna smoke a peace pipe, which is full of cushy dreams." Yeah. He goes, "You're not actually a pussy ass white boy." He goes, "You're an injured ass white boy." Yeah. And the fact that you are struggling with that makes me think that you could use some cushy dreams. Yeah. <laughs> some of that great CBD rich hemp flower. He said, I got some pre-rolled joints shipped into me, into the bubble, because they shipped to all 50 states. And he's like, Luca, forget rubbing the CBD on your ankle. Let's smoke it, fam. Guys, get some Cushy Dreams. You can go to CushyDreams.com. Like I said, they have CBD flour in pre-rolled joints. You can also, uh, I'm sorry, the CBD, you can get the flour and also the pre-rolled joints. It comes as a... They come in specific indica, sativa blends like Energy, Hustle, Relax, and Dream. You can go to CushyDreams.com. That's K-U-S-H-Y.com. CushyDreams.com. And use promo code DIRTY at checkout. They get 15% off. Smoke your CBD. Andy, I know that you're using this to help with your foot injury. True. But I think you need to use it pre-bedtime. This is going to help with your sleep issue, too. I agree. You're not doing that, are you? Funny you said, because when I had smoked some of the Cushy Dreams, when we first got it, I was sleeping better. The answers are all there, Andy. Yeah. You have the answers. Yeah. You just need to find them. Exactly. So go to CushyDreams.com and drop promo code DIRTY for 15% off on your first order. Okay, we really went deep into one series. Well, it was the it was the series of the day yesterday. Sure. There's a lot of playoffs happening right now. I mean, we can cruise through a couple other series. Rip Sixers. Okay, I'm just going to say it right now. Do do we need to blow this team up? In a, in a way, it's kind of already blown up, right? I mean, the the team is Embiid and Simmons. Right, and I don't want to say this about Simmons, dude. You have this is the NBA in 2020. You don't have a you. It, you don't. It's not even that you don't have a jump. You don't even know how to shoot a jump shot, bro. Like, like we're talking about. He's in his what? Was this his third year? Yeah. No, I lost track because yeah, of the, yeah, the rookie the injury. Yeah, it's, it's way more than that. It's like fourth or fifth. But my point is. Do you remember people celebrating when he made a three-pointer? Yeah. We're celebrating when a a point guard makes a three-pointer. Which was in a preseason game, I believe. It was. Yeah. Dude, this is the— But but that's kind of neither here nor there as well because you look at what Embiid was able to do without Simmons in this playoffs, which was factually zero. So, well, statistically, he had a good series. Okay, but they, like you got to win games too. You got to win a game. I agree, and that's so. You know, the question of do they need to blow this team up? Well, who are you blowing it up? How are you? Basically, the team is those two guys. So when you say blow it up, you're saying get rid of one of those guys. I don't know. And but, which guy do you get rid of? But it's not working. And which guy do you get rid of? And where do they go? And what do you want for them? I think Ben Simmons is a really, really nice NBA player. But, dude, you have not – how has he progressed his game since he's been in the NBA? 
all the great qualities that he had going in that we all knew. But this is a great example of what I was talking about originally, right? Came into the league. He's got this athleticism. He plays one year in college. That's whatever, my point. And now the skill set, what, what has, how has the skill set improved? And he's only going to wane athletically. He's already had injury problems from the beginning. I mean, you know, you look at uh, – there's a lot of players who you can look at, like Ben Simmons, who have had the start. It's like, what is his ceiling now? I don't know. That's my that, – that's – to me, I see a better ceiling with Embiid. Who's also had his injury troubles. Sure. They're a mess. They're done. Celtics-Raptors is going to be a nice series. Yeah. Because Nets, rip Nets. Yeah. You want to hear a crazy stat, uh, just an insane stat that I saw on TNT last night? I do. I love crazy, insane stats. This is a rug nug if there's ever one. The Raptors yesterday against Brooklyn had 100 bench points. Yeah. Well, they scored 150 points. Still. Yeah. It's the most bench points in NBA history. They had 100. Yeah. They're very deep. They're good. They're well coached. Who do you like in that series? It's tough. I kind of like the Raptors. Not yeah. gonna lie. Yeah. I kind of like the Raptors. I think it's gonna be a great series, though. Um, I I think that the Celtics have more star power. I think that uh, the coaching uh, battle is, I think, pretty even at this point. Yeah. You know, I I was I was a big big Brad Stevens fan, but Nurse is proven himself sure no doubt about that um i kind of like the raptors but i agree with you i think it's going to be a great series yeah it's really you know like who is going to be like the the raptors i mean siakam is a star no doubt about it he's, but he's almost there okay but they they have a lot of guys that are almost there whereas like you know the the celtics like tatum is a start, but then there's a lot of guys. Jalen Brown's on the cusp. Yeah, but I mean, so I I just think the confidence that the Raptors have. Obviously, Lowry has to be healthy. You know, you're gonna need Lowry. Um, but I kind of like the Raptors. But I think it. I think it. I think it'd be a good close series. It could go either way. But I, if I had to put money on it, I'd put money on the Raptors, which I'm not gonna do. But I yeah, would. I wouldn't touch that series. Yeah. I think it's going to be a hard-fought seven-game series. Didn't Tug weigh in? What was Tug saying about that series? Tug said something about Raptors-Celtics. It's very even matchup. Well, I, we, we'll have to get Tug back in here. but In fact, I'm going to go out on a limb and say the winner of this series makes the NBA Finals. Okay. That's what I think. So you think the winner of that series beats the box? Correct. Because I mean, you, I assume you don't have somebody else. I don't have the Heat beating the box. Okay. No. Heat have looked pretty good though. They, I mean, the Heat are playing the kind of basketball that you let you're 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 bonering out over uh, the Mavs. I mean, obviously they they don't have a Luca. But they they play some team basketball. Sure. But I, I think the winner of that series makes the finals. Okay. Now, if we go back to the West, the Lakers 
Up 2-1. LeBron went full uh, beast mode last game. Who is more in danger, LeBron, uh, the Lakers or the Clippers? You had the Lakers. I said the Lakers, Clippers, or Bucks because they were both down 0-1, I think. Uh, or actually the Clippers weren't. The Clippers were 1-1 when we talked about it. But who who do you think is most in danger of not advancing now? Well, last episode I said Lakers. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I know. I'm asking you to revisit what you what you said. You said the Lakers. I still the, th- La- the Ruther curse is Lakers blow out, Lakers win. They right? win a blowout. Oh yeah, they blow out and then yeah. win. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I I don't think I still think the Clippers win that series. Okay. Cuz I think they're just deeper. Okay. Which by the way, I know we did a lot on Clippers Mavs already, but like just for everybody to have perspective because I know everybody likes to, you know, just look at the end result. I just want to look at our camera and say, if uh, if the Clippers do end up winning this series, I will not be the kind of guy that's like, Luca, well, Luca lost in the first round. Because only a fucking idiot would do that. You'd have to be a fucking idiot. By the way, I'm rooting for the Mavs. Of course. How could you not be? But I'm saying you'd have to be an idiot to watch this series even if the Clippers go win-win and go, well, cool. couple triple-doubles and a big, fat first-round L. What a fucking choking bitch. <laughs> Which I'm sure is the take on the new podcast, Dipshits Who Love 90s Basketball, co-hosted by Sam Tripoli and Michael Rappaport. Ooh, shots fired. No, Michael Rappaport is actually, like, bonering out over Luka. But, of course, if he doesn't get to the NBA Finals, he's a choking, soft bitch. See, people have set the precedent of what they've said before. See? Yeah. Yeah. But, so, who do you think is more in danger of losing their first-round series, the Lakers or the Clippers? I would still say the Clippers now. Are more in danger of losing. Of losing. I still think they win. Yeah. But, obviously, tonight's game is huge. For the you know, if the Lakers win this, it's over. Yeah. Dame's gonna have to go off. But LeBron got a little help. Like, it's not much, but even like last game, Caru- <clears throat> a couple shots Car- getting hit. Yeah. Caruso had ten points. I saw ten points, seven assists. It's like just that little contribution versus him get- scoring two points. But also the same way as we talked about. I mean, Anthony Davis. It's it's not just scoring a bunch of points and everybody all the nerds like to just look at the stat lines and look at the it's it's the way you score points. Anthony Davis in game 2 he was like getting his own buckets. And so then people have to worry about him. And then it just frees up LeBron to do all kinds of LeBron things. Yeah. Which is feed all the rest of the guys. And then if those guys can make shots, it's hard to beat them. Sure. But they're still not that deep. They're no. not that deep at all. No, not at all. It's really still LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and some dudes. Yeah, it is. And then the Nuggets, man. Came out one game one, and now... I mean, you talk about... I've Charles Barkley said this, to use his words. He said, I don't know if I've ever seen a team play this little defense in the playoffs. Yeah. When When you have a player like Donovan Mitchell... Who scores fifty seven and and that's their win. That's the Nuggets win. He scored fifty now twice. Yeah. 
So only Allen Iverson and Michael Jordan have ever done that twice in a playoff series. So he becomes the third player in NBA history to do that. But when you watch that Jazz Nuggets series, he's basically those are layups. By the way, when you when I go to Buffalo Wild Wings, my favorite thing to order is the Jazz Nuggets. Those, I mean, they're a little spicy, yeah, they're a little sweet. Can get those Jazz Nuggets. Some guy comes out. <laughs> you want uh, somebody order Jazz Nuggets? Don't you think it's just too easy for him? Boneless heart wings. <laughs> Sorry, keep continue. That's a weird hill, man. It's a weird hill to die on, right? The weird that they're not boneless or not wings. <laughs> it's like what makes them wings is wing sauce. It's like <laughs> it's like when I go to McDonald's and I get the chicken nuggets. I know it ain't chicken, but it tastes great. Yeah, exactly. I don't give a shit what's in that. <laughs> I'm eating those chicken nuggets. Yeah. I love it. Don't you think it's too easy? Like, like when you watch that game last night, especially the last five minutes, Donovan Mitchell's getting easy 10, 12 foot Oh, the whole, the whole series. He's, I mean, he's, he's going to make that every he's time. He's carving through their defense. Driving to the hoop. No defense at all. Yeah. And, and let's not forget, the Nuggets were a two seed last year. They were a three seed this year. Like, they're still so young. They have so many guys locked up for so long. But, you know, what this series is doing is exposing the whole. Like, they're great offensively as well. And they have a very, you know, uh, inside out, playing through Jokic game that is, that that can be successful offensively. But it's that they can't stop anybody. Yeah. Where's Bull Bull? This guy's some fucking run. He's eight feet tall. <laughs> you can't guard anybody. Have you thought about putting in the eight foot tall guy? I'm not saying Mike Malone doesn't know what the fuck he's doing, but uh, how do you even look down your bench? It's just like head, head, head. His head's that fucking lamp, and you're like, I don't know what we can do defensively to stop Donovan Mitchell from getting to the rack. I don't know. Put in the mutant? Bowl, bowl. Yeah. I do think the Nuggets would be a tougher matchup for the Clippers in the second round. What do you think? Look, the way the Clippers are playing and the way both of those teams are playing offensively, I like, I don't think the Clippers get through the Mavs that they're that, – that they've got a cakewalk to the Western Conference Finals. The Clippers are suspect right now. Yeah. From a coaching standpoint, from a Paul George standpoint, from a team play standpoint. What's interesting about the bubble now is you know there are certain players who just want to get the hell out of there and go see their family, see their friends. You know, because it's different, right? When you now are in a, a grinded-out series, I think the mental game is such a huge part. Who has the mental capabilities to push through? Because I think there are guys, who, right, who just say, oh, shit, this is going to be serious. I don't want to do this. Yeah, I mean, the, look, there's a lot of there's a lot of different factors. Like, because they've a, been in the bubble now for about six weeks. Yeah, but there's a lot of different factors. There might be, just be guys, you know, what I think about the bubble is 
the way, and again, the physical like court thing is a lot of people have stepped up their game in the bubble. And I think in, in a sense, if you haven't stepped up your game, you've kind of fallen off. Like there, the Dames and the Donovan Mitchells and the Lucas, like these guys have elevated their game. Sure. You got you got to like you want to hear my one gripe about the bubble, sure. From a from a viewing standpoint, okay. I love bubble ball. I love when the camera goes to court level in that small gym atmosphere. I think it looks so cool aesthetically, and I think they should keep that the whole game. I don't like when they take the camera back up. Well, that's just a matter of people being used to like being used to watching it one one way and I the, think it's I think it looks fantastic from the court. So you okay. So your gripe is they showed you something really cool and they're not doing it enough. And, and not just in the bubble. They'll do that sometimes yeah. during a normal broadcast in a normal arena. Yeah, that that's my one gripe. Like if I'm going to get picky, I just think when they cut to the court, I'm like this is so cool. That also that and they didn't you know, put Montrez on a cross for calling Luca a pussy-ass white boy. Who wants him on a cross? I don't know. You're like, I need a letter. I need a strongly worded letter. I don't need any of those things. <laughs> to reiterate, I don't need any of those things. I'm just saying they've put themselves out there. Just be ready. It's it's the celebrity who makes the speech at the Oscars about blah blah blah, and then ooh, the skeletons in the closet. He come called out. them a p-word ass white boy, a p-word ass white boy. If Luca had called him a black ass bitch, they're issuing a statement. Sure, probably, but also, so you agree? Do they? Do I look? What I agree. What I agree with there is the NBA thinking that they have to do that. But my point is that doesn't mean that they should do this in this situation. I don't I don't think that they should do it in that situation. At the I look, so we agree there. At the end of the day, my problem isn't my bigger problem is with woke cancel culture. So that's my bigger problem. And, and again, that's the precedent that's, that's been set up by so many people. But the, but that, but I don't that, I don't want again, Montrez. Again, that's just that's what about ism. You're saying I hate cancel culture. But so if you're going to start it, do it for everybody. That's like the worst. That's to me. It's always the worst. No, 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 no. I, I'm not saying they have to. It's, it's the same thing as the reverse. It's like. The internet has canceled Alex Jones because everybody's a liberal canceler. Also, if Colin Kaepernick ever plays football again, I won't go. Well, are you pro-cancel culture or you're against cancel culture? Which is it? Because you're refusing to go to NFL games if they don't cancel thing, but you're also on the internet complaining about liberal cancel culture. But I think you see my point. I'm not, I'm not griping. I'm not personally griping over this. Like, you make the joke about Montrez Harrell on a cross. I don't care about that. I already said my point. He's not racist. Heat of the moment. I don't care. You know, he called him pussy. Called him a P-word ass B. <laughs> you know, 
At the end of the day, you know why he called him that? Because he was getting his ass lit up. By a white boy. Yeah. That's why he called him that. Yeah. And by the way, if you see those two side by side, and we'll wrap up the NBA talk, dude, he's like toe-to-toe. That's what I mean when I say Luca's a big dude. Ceiling, man. Like, the Mavs are the fucking future. They It looks really bright. Yeah. Yeah, great coach. I got Luca. God help us if they get anybody else. What, was he the second pick? <laughs> no. Well, was, he, he was the... He was, he was picked by Atlanta. Yeah, and then traded. But did, wasn't he third then? Because didn't Bagley go ahead of him? Or was it DeAndre Ayton? Ayton, and then Bagley, and then Luka, and then there was a pick swap. Yeah, because when he didn't go one, he didn't go two. God, Bagley. You're right. It went DeAndre Ayton, Bagley, Luka three to Atlanta. And then Trey Young went fifth to Dallas. Who went four? Jaron Jackson. Right. But even Atlanta. Remember the Trey Young stands? I like Trey Young. But remember the Trey Young stands who were like, this is this was a good look at what Trey Young's doing. I thought Trey Young would be a bust. Co-rookies and... Trey Young's better than I thought, but come on, guys. Yeah. D- don't even. The idea that you're Atlanta and you'd rather have Trey Young just get in the ground. Yeah. And poor Sacramento. Poor Sacramento. I don't feel bad for them. I don't either, they but have what, a, they what, have what a are hi- they doing? They have a history of just but also, isn't botching it, it. Isn't it good that, like, isn't it good that he got to go to the Mavs and he, he's with Cuban and he's with Carlisle and he's with, like, he's in a place with a winning culture? Yeah. Instead of like he goes one overall to Phoenix, he's a sixth guy to get his dick sucked by an Instagram model. <laughs> he doesn't even make the playoffs. But what about the nuts? What about the nuts? <laughs> uh-uh, uh-uh. You going seventh, pussy-ass white boy. Uh-uh, white boy's last. White boy goes last. He gets the la- He gets to do the last nut. He's the caboose on this train. I'm going to need a letter about <laughs> Luka Doncic having to wait till get his dick sucked seventh. I need a letter. There was uh, seven people whose D's were asked by an I-G-T-H-O-T in L-V, and I need a letter. Oh, my God. <laughs> Unbelievable. That girl's living large, man. Yeah, I still don't. Well, we can't go back down that wormhole. I keep giving you updates. Yeah. She's apparently made six figures. <laughs> Great. Six figures already off her OnlyFans. Unbelievable. I want to go from NBA bubble to a possible discussion or a discussion about a possible Major League Baseball bubble. So they're floating around this idea I've read on some of the sports sites about possibly doing a playoff bubble. We've seen how the bubbles have worked beautifully in the NBA and the NHL. Yeah. And how the non-bubble has been a disaster for Major League Baseball. 
So there's rumors that for the playoffs, and again, it's an ex- expanded 16-team playoff, a SoCal bubble. Yeah. Unfortunately, in the, the Major League Baseball offices, they have a big trash can that's on fire, and uh, they've taken the plans for a playoff bubble. They've thrown them in there with the regular season bubble plan that they had to play games in Florida and Arizona, which was a clear no-brainer. And they've taken the playoff bubble, and they've thrown it in there, and they don't care. They're th- like, isn't it so obvious to do that? But Major League Baseball yeah. has fucked it up from everything. After reviewing the idea for a playoff bubble, it has uh, occurred to Rob Manfred they will make $1.75 less than they would if they play in the cities that they're in, so they have thrown that bubble out. So the SoCal bubble would be Dodger Stadium, Petco Park in San Diego, and Angel Stadium. So you'd have you'd have three ballparks within a couple hours of each other. Yeah. And obviously, the weather out here is great in October. It makes sense. Yeah. You could, but does it make dollars? Yeah. You could have three. Major League Baseball doesn't give a shit about making sense. If they did, they would have been playing in an Arizona and a Florida bubble in early June. Yeah. But you support this idea. Of course. The bubbles work. Yeah. Which is weird because when the MLB is not in the bubble, players are getting this stuff like the Mets – we had, we had a player and a staff member who got it, and then the series this week was canceled. And, you know, it's it's so clear that if you if – you, like, what happens to a playoff series if this happens? So one of the playoff teams, some guy gets it, the series is delayed, but the other series keeps going on, and then the team that wins has to wait three weeks for this series to restart and go. It's like – it's 2022. We're still yeah. finishing yeah. the 2020 baseball season. Yeah, I never thought about that. That's a good point. Come playoffs. If somebody gets it, because that's the move they're doing now is they just pause everything. Yeah. You, you know, baseball in a way is lucky that no one gives a shit about it because more people would be laughing about just this debacle of a season yeah but at the same time the you, you f- the flip of the coin the other side of the coin is that no one gives a shit about it and that's why they did this in the first place and that's why like yeah M- major league baseball is run like trash yeah it is a burning trash can on fire well, it is like the it is the scene from you know trading places except instead of you know the two old guys it's bud selig and rob manfred is bud selig dead no, he's alive. Are we sure? Yeah. It's too bad. Getting dark, Brano. I mean, there should be punishments for ruining the the nation's pastime. Yeah. I agree. Death seems like a fair one. Death by bu- death by bubble? Yeah. Death by fastball. So the NFL had a bunch of positive tests this week. And now they're saying those were all false positives. So they paused. Basically, the whole league paused. The whole league paused this weekend. Is it because they had 70- their half-assed testing, according to Hard Knocks, where like literally the guys are sitting there and going, I already have one of these. It's going to be hella bad. And they were like, no, we're just going to 
briefly touch your neck with this Q-tip, and that'll be fine. So they had 77 positive tests this week. Yeah. And of those 77, you had some teams hit really hard. Vikings had 12. Jets had 10. You like that? Bears had (laughs) 9. So... They came back and they said these were all false. All, all of the Bears tight ends tested positive. <laughs> so they said they were all. They had 14 positive tests. Their whole their tight end room got, got COVID. They were, they were, oh, unplug this. They were all false positives, right? I, okay, if you say so. But that's my point. This is an Andy Ruther hot take. Uh-oh, here we go. Andy Ruth hot takes tend to tend to be strong. This is my... You should write a strongly word letter to their COVID provider, COVID test provider. This is my theory. The NFL is now setting a precedent to debunk positive tests. They're saying, oh, we got 77 positives, which would, are, which would basically derail... So... Let me understand this just so I'm clear. Were Was that all of their tests that came back positive were false? That's what they're claiming. So oh. none of their tests, none of their positive tests turned out to be actually positive. According to sources, 11 teams were affected. So sure. a third of the league greatly affected. But according to results, these were all false positives. So my argument would be they're blaming the lab, which is the bioreference lab based in New Jersey. New Jersey. All of the retests came back negative. All I'm saying is this, guys. The season starts in two weeks from Thursday. The NFL is like, oh, these are all false positive. I don't know. Maybe they were. Maybe they weren't. But they can set this up, this whole narrative for the season. Of getting guys to play when they have it. That's all I'm saying. Oh, so you think the Andy Ruther hot take is these weren't all false positives. That some of them are real, but now the NFL is doing a false positive thing so they can just push through positive tests. Exactly. I don't hate that theory. Yeah, the theory is... Ba- I just, I'm, I'm more likely the NFL is a mis- like doesn't care about its players. Went with the budget-ass lab. Going with the you know the ear swabs according to Hard Knocks, which that is not the way. Like, it literally NFL guys on Hard Knocks are going, man, this ain't the test I got. <laughs> I thought you had to like shove it in my brain. They're like, no, 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 you're good. No, yeah, my theory is basically we just ask you if you're feeling good, and the, if you say yes, then you don't have it. They're gonna half-ass this, or they're gonna lie. Could be a combination to make the because. I don't know if this is if the how many of these are positive, but think about it. If they're saying it affected eleven teams, there's thirty two teams in the NFL, including guys like Josh Allen. You're talking about young up and coming guys, stars, ten players in a team getting it, twelve players in a team getting it. They'd have to basically pause. I just I, I believe I, I don't believe the the probability of we tested all our players, seventy seven came back positive. All 77 of those were false positives. No, everybody in our league is healthy. All tests that saying that somebody isn't healthy is false. That just seems unlikely. So you agree with me? Yeah. Yeah. But also, the 
like what I, let's take let's take them at their word. Okay. Okay. That they sent all their results to a lab. The lab tested them. Seventy-seven came back positive, but those were all false positives. First of all, what kind of lab is this? Who's running this? The Swedish chef? Like, who? What does this lab look like? It's the you know what it is. It's the doctor from Simpsons. But doesn't if if you are saying that the seventy-seven positives were actually negatives, doesn't that make you question the negatives? Exactly. How many of the negatives were positives? Exactly. So this lab is a disaster. My point exactly. Can I read the statement? Sure. That bio bioreference said. This is this is from the lab. On August 22nd, Bioreference Laboratories reported an elevated number of positive COVID-19 PCR test results for NFL players and personnel at multiple clubs. The NFL immediately took necessary actions to ensure the safety of the players and personnel. Our investigation indicated that these were most likely false positive results caused by an isolated contamination during test preparation in the New Jersey laboratory. Most likely. Yeah. This is sketchy. Maybe you shouldn't be doing your tests in the back room of a Wawa. (laughs) Dude, this is so sketchy. And again, this is like flying under the radar. No one's talking about this. I saw this and I'm like, dude, the suspect, you know, I saw it because I follow a lot of NFL insiders on Twitter. And when I saw this leak, it's a bit of a humble brag. (laughs) (laughs) I don't just follow follow a lot of NFL insiders on Twitter. Just saying. I don't not just the Ian Rappaport's and Adam Schefter's. I follow a lot of guys. Some of the deeper ones. Well, and you know who tipped me off to a lot of them? Tug. Of course. (laughs) Tug's like, you got to follow this guy, you got to follow this guy. These guys will give you the good news on the NFL. But I saw this on Saturday, and I'm like, wait, these NBA playoffs are in full swing. Like, everyone's talking about that. There's political shit always going on. Nobody's, like, that statement I just read does not make me feel better. No. They don't even confirm. They say most likely false positives. That's not, hey, these are false positives, most likely. Maybe the NFL should get, and I know I know there's going to be a lot of people that hate to hear this, but maybe the NFL should get Adam Silver on the phone, call the woke NBA commissioner, and you know, let him do 10 minutes of virtue signaling and canceling people, and then ask him for the number of the Yale folks who are doing their testing, that they have spent multiple millions of dollars having Yale come up with real good tests to help them test for COVID instead of having a New Jersey-based Wawa (laughs) so that they can fucking claim everybody's healthy and that you should come to NFL games and watch them. On opening day, uh, which is three weeks away. Make sure to go to Arrowhead. Everybody on the right. Because we are making COVID gone again. I just picture people walking to Wawa. Everybody in the right, get your hoagies. Everybody on the left, get your COVID test. Yeah. The right is hoagies. The left is COVID tests. What a mess. Not even three weeks away, dude. 
We're two weeks from Thursday. Yeah. But, again, like you said, they don't care, and I agree. And if a player dies, they don't give a shit. Or if a whole team gets contaminated. Well, we've known that about the NFL forever, right? Yeah. The NFL had COVID, like, 20 years ago. It was called CTE. It was killing all their players. And left them disabled for life. Yeah, they made a movie about it. Yeah. Will Smith. Saw yeah. it. Yeah. They don't give a shit. Do we think Earl Thomas has CTE? Probably. Let's be honest. Have you seen Earl Thomas hit? It would, it would be crazy to think he doesn't have CTE. I, would you want him on your team? They dropped him like that. Yeah, I would. You still would? I don't even understand what they dropped him over. He got in a fight with his... But apparently it's deeper than that. Well, yeah, well, that's why I don't understand so it. So he got in a fight with his teammate. Yeah, but which happens literally every training camp but apparently, 400 times. But apparently last year there was lots of coming late to meetings, missing meetings. Okay. You know, just stuff that like Harbaugh's not going to put up with, even though he's a great player. He'll be on the Cowboys in three weeks. That's what they're saying. Right, in three days, I should Let's say. Let's not forget about the Airbnb episode. Right. He'll be on the Cowboys by the end of the day. You think he'll stay at the Airbnb we did? In Dallas? Do you remember what he did? Do you remember Earl Thomas and his his brother? Yes, I do. And that was in Texas. Yeah. Wasn't it? Weren't they in like Austin or something? Yeah, at an Airbnb. Yeah. He should stay in our Airbnb outside Dallas. That was a fire Airbnb. That was really good. The pool? Yeah. Me, you, D'Alessandro, Mitch. That was a fire pool. It was great. Some good clips of little Tex in that pool with the hat. Yeah. I wouldn't, dude, I don't know. That. To me, for them to get rid of him so quickly like that, it just means, I don't know if you want to bring this guy into your. Well, you know, with certain teams, it's a risk-reward situation. The, the Ravens have talent and have a good defense. They don't need the headache. But there's other teams you know, where there's a talent deficiency, you put up with that. Now, you've got to decide if you have a talent deficiency, what kind of culture you want, what kind of, you know, culture change you want to bring in a certain level of talent. But the Cowboys have shown they don't give a shit, right? Yeah. There's a lot, there's a lot of teams. The, uh, your Bengals, the Raiders, historically, bring your shitty personality here, we'll take it. Yeah. At a, at a bargain rate as well. I mean, like, is it safe to say that if he ended up, if the Patriots ended up signing him, that suddenly we'd be like, he's probably going to behave? Like, it's also just a matter of, you know, how you handle these guys. Yeah. If he's not signed in two weeks, Bill Belichick will call him and be like, look, we'll bring you in, but you got to behave, and then he'll go in and he'll behave. Like, it's a whole, like, I mean, I think Harbaugh is one of those guys, but I don't think he's not going to be in football. No, I, 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 he totally will. He's, he's good enough. Do we have time for some calls today? Man, I got nothing but time. Okay. Well, before we get to the calls, I want to remind everybody to go support our sponsors at Manscaped. Guys, this has been a crazy year for all of us. 2020 has been nuts. Things have been happening that have been out of all of our control. But there is one thing that you can control, Joe. And that's shaving your bush. 
Yeah, I can't control that. Don't don't be this guy walking around with the 1970s porn style bush. Fellas, it's 2020. Get your junk under control. I have mine plugged right in. I'm actually using it this week. My Lawnmower 3.0, which I love. It's the premium electric trimmer that's designed to give you a confidence boost through body image. They have so many great products at Manscaped. They got the Shears 2.0, a luxury four-piece nail kit featuring stainless steel tools, which includes the tip tweezers, which we have, the rounded point scissors, the fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file. Guys, they have so much stuff. The Crop Reviver. I could go on and on. Just go to manscaped.com. You can see it for yourself. In fact, listeners of this show get 20% off and free shipping with the code DIRTY at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code DIRTY. It's time to grab 2020 by the horns by shaving that front trunk. Front trunk. Andy, did you see this before we get to calls? I don't know if you... Uh, saw it and called bunk on it before, but there's reports that Greg Popovich is linked to the Nets head coaching vacancy. No, I did not see that. That's apparently from this morning. Your thoughts? He's a great coach. Do you think that's likely to happen? I mean, I don't know how many years he's going to coach still. This was the first year they didn't make the playoffs. I'd be very terrified as a Knicks fan and somebody who's, you know, doesn't want the Nets to be good for a variety of reasons. Uh, mostly I'm just, but but at the same time, I would like to see Alex Bresler's head explode. I, I, I like Jacques. When, I, when he's like, a Marxist has taken over the head coaching <laughs> duties of my favorite. We're owned by China and a Marxist head coach. And he just jumps off a building. I did like Jacques Vaughn as the interim coach. Yeah. And I think they played well under him. He's obviously no Greg Popovich or John right. Popovich. What's his name, Greg, John? Greg. I always do that. John Popovich? I always do that. Cincinnati sports news guy. John Popovich? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought you were just deciding to call him John. All right, so we got a bunch of calls. We're not going to have we're not going to have time to get to all of them. But uh thanks for the calls. The hotline is always is 310 359 Eight three six five. Let's start off with. Uh, you want to try this one? We didn't get to the other day. Sure. Uh, McKay Parker, dirt ball from Houston, Texas. I was just wondering, as a foreign NBA player, you know, you get technical for talking to the ref. My suggestion would be just to, you know. Say something to the ref in your own language. Like, he's not going to know what you said. Like, you could tell him that you complimented him on the call. And you could really say what you want if you just, you know, said, uh, did it in a foreign language. Anyway, that's my suggestion for all the foreign players in the NBA. Um, stay dirty and glad for the back. Shout out to McKay. He hooked us up with those Houston Astros tickets. Yeah, it was fun hanging out with him in Houston. 
I actually like this. I think he was calling this was in regards to Brzingis getting thrown out of the game last week. Yeah, why are they not calling somebody a pussy-ass white boy in their own language? Or pussy-ass bitch, whatever they I mean, I think that the answer is they want the refs to know what they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but calling them a motherfucker in, uh, you know, Latvian or whatever. Yeah. It'd be kind of fun. Yeah. No, it absolutely would. Just probably wouldn't get the... Uh, wouldn't get their point across. True. It's a good point in that. I guess I never thought of it that way. I guess that's if they're trying to get their point across. Yeah. But just swearing at the ref. Like Perzingis just being like, hey, man, you rasgund. <laughs> and they're like, he's like, did you just call me a three-tiered shelving unit from Ikea? <laughs> All right. This one, number three. Do you need preparation on number three? I don't I'll have to put my glasses on. Hold on. Or do you want me to save that for next episode? No, I can do that. Okay. That's not that hard. Okay, okay. <laughs> What's up, boys? It's Rakash from the Dirtball here. Bryson, I haven't called in a little bit. but still enjoying the show. Um, so me and my buddy got into a little argument today. I think I'm 100% correct. I want to see if y'all agree or disagree. We were talking about who are the best Lakers of all time. And I thought if we're going strictly talent, I put Kobe number five. I mean, I got not in specific orders besides Kobe at five. I got Kareem, Magic, Shaq, LeBron, and Kobe. And I don't see how you could even argue that. Because I, I, mean, I have Kobe at like 11 on my all time. But I think that it's pretty fucking accurate. I just want to see what y'all think. It's got, we're not talking legacy. I mean, I get it. Like, I have some people are going to say Kobe's the best Laker maybe of all time because he's there forever. But I have number five. Tell me what you think. Stay dirty. So the Lakers are stacked, man. This this is a to pick a top five Laker. Also, this is a very like. This is one of those questions we the the question needs to be very specific. Like, LeBron isn't a top five Laker of all time yet. No, but a top like Le, LeBron's the most skilled Laker of all time and the most talented Laker of all time, but also like. Anthony Davis is probably up there. He's seven feet tall. He shoots threes. He's a shot-blocking machine. Shaq is dominant. Shaq had incredible skill for his size. But, like, I guess, are we talking talent? Are we talking skill? Are we talking Lakers? By the way, Kobe's not in my top three Lakers of all time if I'm doing just Lakers of all time. Well, I want to say a few people you Jerry West. I was just going to say. Jerry West, he's the fucking logo. He also won an MVP in a in a finals loss. He like he's Jerry West's you know career legacy is up there with anybody. I don't know because we didn't see them play. You know the Wilt Chamberlains, right? The Elgin Baylors. I mean the Lakers are so stacked. You obviously have to have Magic in there. Yeah, you have to have Kareem. You have it, to have Shaq. But like then, even then, Shaq was there. Shaq's window was a lot shorter than Kobe's. Like, yes, Shaq won three titles and three MVPs. Kobe's the second guy on those teams, and the first guy, arguably, on two other teams. So like, 
Kobe's Lakers legacy is better than Shaq's Lakers legacy. Fair enough. But Shaq's Laker, like Shaq was a better Laker as a Laker than Kobe was. A, does that make sense? Yeah, I get what you're it's saying. It's a very specific question. How about let's just do this. Top three Lakers of all time. Let's just go name your top three Lakers of all time. I'm going Magic, Kareem, Jerry West. I, that That's actually what I was thinking. That's your top three Lakers of all time, in my opinion. Now we're talking skill. We're talking talent. We're talking legacy. We're talking whatever. Like LeBron James is the single greatest talent slash skill player to ever play on any team he's ever played on and will ever play on. Whoever the whoever the guy is, who's that, like if if LeBron becomes a spur tomorrow, he's the greatest, most talented. But but again, look at where he look at what point in his career he comes to the Lakers and what he'll be able to achieve. He just doesn't doesn't have enough time to achieve Laker greatness on the level of some of those other guys. I guess an interesting question would be. What would it take for LeBron? Because the Lakers, again, have such a rich history. You go to the Staples Center, you see all the jerseys retired, all the championship banners. What would it take? How many more years? Because we're assuming he'd have to win a title, at least one. How many more years of good basketball would LeBron have to get his Lakers jersey retired? He's only in year two. I mean... To me, is if, it even possible? To me, if he plays five years and wins a title or two, if he wins, if he plays five years with the Lakers of great basketball and wins multiple titles, he his number should be retired. If he plays five years of great basketball and wins one title, we're right around there. Uh, any less than that, retiring his number as a Laker seems aggressive. I agree. If he doesn't win a title, he, he has to win a title, right? So because the Lakers to, history to me, five years of basketball and two titles, he's a lock. You're retiring a number. You'd retire if is James Worthy's number retired? You know what I mean? Like, you talk about what he would bring. Now, the question of, like, getting into that top class, what does he have to do to jump into the greatest Lakers of all time? Some of, like, to jump into the greatest Lakers of all time top five. Again, it's just such a rich history. If he's only there five years and he wins two titles, isn't that very similar to what Shaq does as a Laker? He wins three. I mean, how long was Shaq a Laker? I think eight years. Yeah, and he wins he wins three titles. He goes to four finals. Yeah. All right, let's do another call. What's up, Dirty Sports? This is Mark, formerly from Wisconsin, but now calling you from Richmond, Virginia. Just started grad school at BCU for sport management. And I wanted to call and ask about if you guys had any plans for the upcoming NFL season as it relates to a Dirty Sports pick'em or fantasy football or anything like that. I know you've done a dirtball pick'em before in the past, uh, where you just do it on ESPN and do the pick'em on there with the spread. I think that would be fun for all the dirtballs to get involved in. I think we could also do a dirtball suicide pool. ESPN, again, has an online game. I think it's called Eliminator Challenge. 
that we could have their balls Venmo into the trust fund to enter, and then also with fantasy football. And I would I would volunteer to help you guys organize a run for stuff like this. If you want me to reach out and get in contact with you guys, I still have a ton of free time right now because of COVID. So I would be more than willing to help organize any of this if you guys want. And I think a Dirtball Fantasy League would be a really fun experience for Dirtballs. If you guys participated in it, it would be really cool. I think it would be maybe a good perk for the Dirty, for the Dirty Sports Patreon that doesn't really get talked about very much, doesn't get advertised too much on the show. I think that would be a good incentive to join Dirty Sports uh, Patreon is you get entry into a Dirty Sports Fantasy League if you want to. Just my thoughts. Again, let me know if you want me to reach out and try and organize some of this stuff. And I think it would be a lot of fun for the Dirtballs to play with you, against you, whatever the circumstances may be. Lastly, before I go, what about the nuts? <laughs> Stay dirty, boys. Well, I swallowed them. What about the nuts? Uh, what I'm going to let you start this off because you're pretty anti-fun generally when it comes to the Dirty Sports podcast and the Dirt Balls and whatever. You're like, I don't want fucking Dirt Balls, the fucking fantasy, fucking nerds and their fantasy football, your fucking video games, your fucking dorks. I think that was a very aggressive response there. I don't think I said that. You're just like, I don't want to fucking deal with it. And blah, blah, blah. Did I say it verbatim like that? Yeah, pretty much. You know, I've mellowed out a lot over the years. Yeah, I know. So we're, that's why we're, we're revisiting it. Look, I'm game. I'll be honest. I don't want to do too much work. Like, I'll be honest. I think to answer, to, uh, since he offered to help. Yeah, I like that. Uh, that's like great. That. But, like, I don't know how fan, like, how do you do fantasy, how do you do a fantasy league with, like, 200 people? You know what I mean? Like, that's, yeah. that's to me, maybe there's a way to do this that I don't know about. There's, like leagues within leagues and then all the guys play. but like the thing when you do something like this if we're going to have all, a lot of dirt balls involved you want to crown a winner sure you know what i mean do we want to have 25 different divisions of a fantasy league how does that work out so unless there's a way that people tend to do these fantasy things where we can actually have like a winner maybe that's a di more difficult one i love the idea for sure of a survivor suicide pool yeah. Like a dirty sports. That just seems like a no brainer. And I love the idea of like it's X amount to enter, but the first bar you have to climb is like we need a $1 a month Patreon subscribe subscription. And then that's, that's how you get the password. Like I love getting more people involved in the Patreon, especially in these unprecedented times when you never know when, uh, companies that may sponsor us will close down or anything sure <laughs> stop doing what they do r.i.p seat geek <laughs> yeah yeah exactly exactly <laughs> r.i.p seat geek r.i.p that 2020 seat geek contract Ooh, yeah. that, that was oh rip that was a tough rip one. live sports events that was a tough one that was a tough email <laughs> By the way, I, I I actually deleted my SeatGeek app the other day. I'm not saying if you come back, SeatGeek, we're more than we're more than happy to bring you back on board. Yeah, and also, I mean, as far as the fan, to to tackle the fantasy thing, I think we're we're circling the idea of of a relationship with some daily fantasy. We are. So maybe that's where we do our fantasy, dirty sports fantasy stuff. We push it all to the to the potential daily fantasy that we're working on well i i am in a survivor 
pool every year. And just mm-hmm. so everyone knows, that's when you pick a team. All you have to do is pick them to win, but you can't pick them again. Right. And there's a lot of different ways of doing it. Sure. You can pick, you know, you can pick them again once or whatever. Or you can't pick the same team to, for them to play X amount of times. There's a lot of rules. I've done this for about 12 years. Yeah. And I, I, our league is run through runyourpool.com, okay. which it looks like we could create our own. Now, there would be a fee. Yeah. Well, you enter. There's an enter fee, right? That's typically the deal. Yeah. Yeah. So there would be a fee to enter. And then winners get money. I think most people know how to, like, the pool. Okay. Situ- yeah. Wouldn't be a free situation. Do me a favor. And then, Can you DM me? Yeah. DM Andy. And then maybe we could do, like, a pick em thing that's, you know, free to enter. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we give away prizes yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So shoot me a DM on Instagram or Twitter, and we can kind of talk about it. Uh, those are going to be the calls for today. I have to take a big dump. So Okay. Okay, just seeing what else we got out there. Yeah, okay. Is that fine. cool? I sure. mean, yeah. You know, we got a few calls. I just yeah. This None one. of those look like ones I have to weigh in on right now. <laughs> we did get a call from the Indy 500, which is like, is that really a thing? Which I'm confused. Was when? there fans? Let me just play it because it sounds like I'm like I didn't think you. Could. <laughs> <laughs> There's no fans, but with, I'm confused. I don't know. I don't I, even understand the question. I didn't either. And by the way, I just realized CT always also calls us from the Indy 500. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded like every CT phone call. It did. <laughs> uh, what, what, what continues? What's the streak? I have no clue what he said. Are we talking about ESPN streak the cash? I have no clue. I have no clue what he said, but it sounded like he was. Did he just mimic? Did he do a simulation? What was going on? Or maybe he. Maybe he's working. The Indy Five Hundred. I love how we have no clue if there was fans. I'm gonna put it into Google. This is the headline. The next best thing, Indy 500 fans line up outside track to watch race. Oh, my God. Guys, people in Indy, guys. <laughs> Jesus, guys. Get it together. What, what, I mean, what are they supposed to do? The paces are out. Indy 500 fans can't go inside but gather outside to watch. My boy went to the racetrack to make a dirt ball call. Double D. This is some Today Show shit where like a seven-year-old lady's outside the window with a sign like, love you, Matt Lauer. Bro, Matt Lauer's been canceled. You can't bring him up. Canceled. Just for bringing up somebody that's been canceled. <laughs> okay, guys. Those are the calls. Today. The hotline is 310-359-8365. That is our show. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at The Dirty Sports. Drop an iTunes review. I think I have so many koozies to send out from like five months ago. Do it. I got I to gotta look into it. Do that. it. 
Follow me on Twitter at Andy Ruther, Instagram Andy Ruther, Joe Prano. At Joe Prano on Instagram, at Joe Prano on Venmo, at Fix Your Life on Twitter. Rate, review, subscribe to this podcast, drink Miller Lite, order it online, do all the things that you do. Yeah, exactly. MillerLite.com forward slash Dirty Sports. Guys, that's the show. We'll be back Thursday. September's almost here. Football's almost here. Have a great week. Be smart. Be safe. And as always, stay dirty.